Hey, Dr. Sherry Toledo here, Creative Coach Academy. Have I got a treat for you today. My friend, Tina Pettis, and I are going to talk about all things coaching and more. Here we go. I just want you to know how happy I am to, to be talking with you. I know from our times, just with Terry, what was that like six or seven years ago, eight years ago? Oh, I don't even know. Yeah. So a long time ago that that was the first time we met and um, it was at her retreat, Terry Johnson. And um, it was just fun. It was fun to get to know you. And, um, and I've watched you really develop um, different parts of you. And, um, and as I look at you now, I just see that God has brought you to this time and to this place and that you really are living and working from rest. And I love that. I love to see that, that difference and um, just the joy, you know, you're, you're just more relaxed looking. It's just fun. So, all right, yeah. so let's, let's get our listeners some insights. Um, so first question, yeah. I'd love to hear your story. Yep. What got you to where you are right now? And describe your journey as a business owner and a coach. So do we have like 24 hours? Yeah, we have at least that long. (laughs) Unlimited time to tell my story. (laughs) Okay, so I'm going to bring you back to 2009. It's when I was still working in corporate. And I was starting to hate Sundays because Monday was coming. And so now I'm like, now I don't like two days out of seven days in a week. Like there's a problem. And so I vividly remember being the passenger in our car, uh, my husband driving, my one-year-old in the backseat. And it still kind of chokes me up when I tell this story. And I've told it so many times that anyone, you know, listening that knows me is going to be like, Tina, yeah, I could repeat this. Right. But I was upset about having to go to work the next day and telling my husband and he just plainly said to me, you are too talented to be sitting in a cubicle. And I often joke that literally had we not been driving down the road with our one-year-old, I would have been like, pull over. I want to make out with you because that's like the sexiest thing you've ever said to me (laughs) in my life. And we did not do that just to let you know. Uh, But at that moment, I decided to start my own company. And that was August. 8th of 2009, I celebrate that as the start because truly it was, although I hadn't incorporated or, you know, done any of that sort of stuff, but that was where my journey had, had began. And I took my experience from my degree because I was fairly Mm -hmm. fresh out of school. I I was about three and a half years out of college. And I took the experience that I had with my degree in graphic design and marketing and launched my own digital uh, company, social media and design And really for the next 10 years, dedicated myself to helping small business owners manage their social media for them and help and train those that maybe couldn't, you know, couldn't afford a budget to hire an agency. Hmm. Uh, Seven years into that, I decided to start, you know, I'll do air quotes for those of you, you're not watching this, but that's what I'm doing in my head. I talk with my hands. Uh, (laughs) I decided to kind of diversify uh, my portfolio, what have you, revenue streams, whatever. And I learned a lot during that season uh, and mostly about what not to do. 
And as I, you know, purchased a business, partnered with a business and started in a network marketing company all alongside running this uh, digital marketing agency, there are, like I said, lessons that I learned that I, I will never go back to some of the things that I did at that time, but I have gained so much knowledge uh, to be able to help coach and really walk through seasons of business ownership with people because I've I've done so many of the ups and downs with it. Now, right now, as we sit, you know, whatever it is, 13, 14 years into business, I really run two parallel businesses alongside each other. I have my network marketing business, which I grew pretty rapidly. I always talk about like having a cheat code. Everyone has their own like kind of cheat code to get to the you know, next level of life. This is kind of Nintendo talk for you, non-90s, you know, era people. Uh, But I, my cheat code was I knew a lot of people and I networked like crazy. And so I was able to build a network marketing company pretty fast. And then I've stepped back into my marketing background and I help real small business owners uh, be able to have a business coach uh, at affordable rate. And so then I help come alongside them with questions and whatnot. So I don't know if that's that's all you wanted to hear. I'm sure you might have questions, but that's like gives you, you know, 14 year nutshell. <laughs> that's awesome. That's awesome. So how do you see God as pulling you, pushing you, guiding you? I don't know what he had to do. For me, sometimes he drags me places. Oh, um, yeah. How do you see him bringing you to this place? God shut doors uh, without explanation. So there had to be a lot of trust along the process. And one of those was when I closed my agency doors after 10 years. People thought I was crazy because we were profitable. We had great clients, um, employees, a beautiful workspace. My identity uh, was wrapped up in being the owner of Tenacious, my marketing company. And it took, I I call these people that come into our life and they say really annoying things. They're like God's little like annoying angels. Like they like come into your life. They have this task of saying something ultra annoying. And then I get to be annoyed with them. And then I get to understand that that wasn't that person saying that, but that was God's way of like getting noticed. And so uh, I had someone that wanted, it was an older gentleman he wanted to hear a little bit about the doTERRA business. Now, I don't talk to people straight about, you know, my my network marketing business. You know, it's people love the product and then they, you know, decide they want to do the business. So I've never gone done that part first. Anyways, I did in this case because he wanted to hear about it. He came to my marketing office, wanted to hear about, you know, network marketing. So here he's in Tenacious office. He wants to hear about doTERRA. And so I lay everything out to him. And as we're about to leave, we're at the back door of the office. It was, you know, after hours, no one else was there. And he looks at me and he's like, if you're doing this well with doTERRA, what are you doing messing around with all of this? And he kind of pointed around my offices and I was like, I can do what I want. Like, what are you talking about? You know, it was kind of like a little two-year-old Tina came out. I didn't actually say that, but that's what I was thinking internally. And I walked back. He left. I walked back to my office. I sat down at my desk and I was like, I sort of kind of think he's right. Like he's onto something. Like, why am I stretching myself so thin in so many areas? I looked down and I kid you not, I looked down. I have this planner that was written by uh, a Christian woman. I absolutely love her. Her name's Sarah Light. And there's a, 
a quote at the bottom of this soul planner. And it said, we should not have fear of failure, but at succeeding at the wrong thing. And that's by Francis Chan. And I just wept like I goosebumps even to this day. And I knew right at that moment, I had to close the doors. I wow. called my husband and he goes, oh, good. I was waiting for this. I was like, and it's like, well, you want to heard it from me. And so that's, that's where we are. So that door closed so hard. Wow. I had no idea why, but honestly, Sherry, like what happened then after that is if you heard the date, August, you know, 8th of 2009. So 2019 is 10 years later, right? So I closed the door. I had no idea why the timing, why the thing, and then we hit 2020. So I ran social media primarily for speakers, writers, and coaches. And the speaking world clearly took a hit. They couldn't travel. They couldn't speak. We would have been cut out of that budget. And I I, I believe that I would have been at the brink of, you know, bankruptcy potentially, uh, you know, of course, having to let go of employees and it would have been in a really abrupt stop. Uh, stop. And so I, I think God, I know God, I don't think, I know he was absolutely in every single one of those steps. He knew the future that I did not. I somehow listened. I usually am pretty stubborn, uh, but that was, <laughs> so to answer your question, I God has closed doors and now I, I notice them <laughs> like, okay, God, I'm going to trust you on this one. I have no idea what your plan is. I know it's going to be so much bigger than mine. And then I got to homeschool my kids through, through the pandemic. I got to be home with them. I'm currently in my home office. I can't imagine having a physical location or employees again. I'll never say never, Yeah, uh, but I see that in my near future. So that's amazing. Yeah. He does kind of do that sometimes, doesn't he? <laughs> <laughs> he totally does. I just shake my head. I'm like, I think this is you God. I'm going to listen. Oh, I need that annoying person knocking yeah. on my you know, <laughs> well, um, considering all of that, what's something that you know now as an experienced coach? So let's look at your coaching hat for a bit that yeah. you wish you had known when you first started as a coach. You know, this might not be exactly the answer that, you know, someone else would share or that you're even hoping that's going to come out of my mouth, but. I don't know if I would change anything about the beginning because doing things in a naive state helps you take risks you wouldn't take otherwise. If I knew now, like what entrepreneurship took, I don't know if I would have said yes, like climbing the ladder, letting someone else pay me, you know, I I kid because I, I would not really truly want that. But there are days where I'm like, oh, it'd be a lot easier if I wasn't the one, you know having to put the food on the table with my sales and whatnot. So that would be, you know, my first answer is, you know what? A lot wow. of it is I I would love to just not go back because some of this stuff is we're learning lessons along the way. I love that. Wow. You're right. When we don't know, it's like we do take oh, yeah. some people. Now some people that would terrify them because they don't know. <laughs> Right. And they're like, oh, I got to know. I got to know. I got to know. Then I'll jump maybe. But I love that. That's, that's, that's amazing. What great. If I had to dig a little further, one thing that I would say, you know, if, 
you know, what would I go back to is maybe not so many, so much with my own decisions, but watching other entrepreneurs Mm -hmm. choose very expensive things to get started. Even if you have a, a, a budget or you put money aside, or you are blessed enough to have a spouse that is able to fund a part of your business, you still want it to be profitable as quickly as you can, because that will help you not burn out. And it will also help your spouse be able to give the green check mark from year to year as you're doing your taxes to say, yeah, you should keep pursuing your passion because it's actually profitable and it's a business and not a hobby. And the IRS will actually like tell you, is your business an, a hobby? And if it's a hobby for too long, right? Like it, you'll get pinged. And so anyways, uh, I, I really believe that in the beginning that there is a lot of value in bootstrapping and not chunking away, you know, big pieces of cash going out to all these different things. And now that we're in this digital age, this digital world, we don't necessarily need, you know, these big things. Like I, I believe gone are the days where someone's spending 10, $20,000 on a website as a solopreneur. It's silly. Like you're not going to see the return on investment with that right away create something on your own. And then as you're making 10 to $20,000 and you want to decide to spend that, it's kind of the Dave Ramsey way, right? Like let's not toss things on a credit card. Let's actually pay for everything. And so um, I didn't make many of those mistakes, but I could see how easy it was all of a sudden, oh, I've got this subscription and that subscription and this expense. And oh, and I need this to be able to get here. That's like, you know, prove yourself at this point. And then when you can afford to do something more, maybe it makes sense then. That's great. I think one of the things that I try to do is find as much free stuff for myself and my client as possible. Yeah. And that way, you know, if I wanted, like I was just talking to one of my clients today and it was all about looking in the horizon and it's like, you're going to have to get an email list. You need to get an email list going. Mm -hmm. Because if any of these social media places go wonky and you don't have access to all your followers, you need to be owning that territory, right? And so I made some suggestions of go here, go there. Those are free for the first 500 people or whatever. And um, I think that's, that's so, so important. And it takes me back to my ed tech days when web 2.0 came around in 2007, 2008. And it's like, all I shared with my teachers that I was teaching was the free stuff. So mm. I think being really mindful of, you're right. I don't need to go after every shiny object. Right. And yeah. just because you're telling me that this particular one does all these things for me, do I need all of that? So really analyzing what I need. I mean, basically you need a place to find people and a place to connect with people. I mean. Yep, absolutely. And the thing is, is every person that's repping whatever offer it is, mm-hmm. they're salespeople, right? And they believe in their product. And it's not that they're trying to stray you, you know, to go down the wrong path. Like, yeah, they're all in on whatever it is they're selling. Good for them. And we just need to have either a coach to kind of bounce it off mm-hmm. to say, hey, what do you think of this? You know, or maybe a spouse if they're supportive to be able to ask, you know, if they know enough about your business, 
that's a whole nother topic. Yeah. Uh, but, <laughs> you know, and for you to have kind of a filter to like, you know, okay, yeah. Am I going to use all these, you know, for a long time through my whole 10 years at, you know, having tenacious, we had a really robust system for processing payments, sending emails, having workflows, all of those things. And I could have stayed with that, but I didn't need it in my network marketing right. business. And so I was able to offload a $200 a month payment and go to something that was nearly free really simply. And so um, you're right. Starting out there is, is great and it it works. That's right. So as you developed all these businesses and we talked about you being that, um, what is it? Oh, I forgot now. Serial entrepreneur. Serial entrepreneur. Yes. (laughs) What mindsets did you kind of, where you faced up again, I'm just kind of punching my hand here. You're like a, a wall that you came across that you had to overcome. Are there like a few that you can think of that might be common for people in our industry? Yeah. One thing that really hit me and I wasn't expecting it is that as I hit milestones, I thought there would be a bigger celebration. I don't know who I thought was going to be celebrating. I don't know if I thought people were just going to come out of the woodwork and like, you know, congratulate me. The president was going to call or something, but, (laughs) um, as I hit the six figure and then, you know, even we had a point where we got seven figures, I was really thinking it was going to be a bigger deal. I did. I just thought it was going to be, I've made it now and nothing changed. It was kind of like your birthday, right? Like it's here today, it's gone tomorrow. Now we're into the next year. And, and oftentimes right at the end of the month that you're hitting this new, like knowing you're hitting this new goal. Well, the first of the month comes the very next day, you know? And so I had to really make a switch instead of thinking of like my gross revenue. It was, what is Tina getting paid? And so the uh, seven figure, six figure, seven figure was just truly a vanity number. If you're pushing out all these dollars to all of these other things, it doesn't matter how much you're making. And truly when I was making, you know, our gross revenue and our, our companies was, you know, over seven figures, I was making pretty much the same as I was when we were much, much lower uh, because I had more employees, more overhead, more needs, more conferences, more ways to get, you know, these clients in. And there I hit this kind of threshold and maybe, you know, had I stayed there longer, you would have seen more revenue coming in, but I didn't necessarily have the tools uh, to do that personally. I wasn't, you know, tracking my numbers as maybe as well as I should have and whatnot. And again, that's probably a whole nother show, but I would say uh, that was one big thing. It's, it's kind of understanding, like, why do you want to get to those, you know, if someone has like six figures as their, Mm -hmm. as their goal or seven or eight figures, you know, why, like, is it so that you are actually incoming, you know, have more incoming to your bank account? Uh, Do you have a why of having more employees and you want to help put, help other people put more food on their table? It's really deciding some of those things. And then, setting those goals? What, what, you know, setting those financial goals? Huh? I love that. Wow. You're right. I think as I look at the income, gross income, and then looking at what's actually in my bank account. Yeah. Yeah. I have to decide, do I want to hire somebody part-time because I have that need 
for a VA or I have that digital marketing need or whatever, or can I do go go find just a part-time person at Fiverr or something that, you know, I yeah. have to decide really no matter where I am in my business. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's a great, here's, here's another thing as you're saying that, and I don't know necessarily if it was a mindset thing, but more of like hustle culture mm-hmm. boss babe type of world where it was like, Oh, you need to delegate to elevate. I mean, we've heard that statement, right. Or something like it, or yeah. um, in order to grow, you know, we, we have to offload the things we don't want to do. And I applaud coaches that teach on that because plenty of times in business I've needed to, I'm at a stage where I need to delegate. The thing is, is when you're saying that message from here, every level down is hearing that same exact message and they're not Mm -hmm. being able to decipher whether that message is for them or not. More than likely it's not. My dad said something to me early in my career. And when I told him, I was like, oh, I have two employees. And he's like, and your revenue is what? And it wasn't $300,000 a year at that point. And yet I had a couple of employees and he goes, no, for every employee, you should have a gross revenue of a hundred thousand or more. And so if you're not a hundred thousand or more in your own business, you really have no business hiring someone else quite yet. And that was his numbers. I don't know where he got them from. I don't know that there's any like full like reality behind that, but it hit me and I was like, hmm. So if I'm not at a million dollars in revenue, gross revenue, then I probably shouldn't have 10 employees. So that that really hit me. And the other thing is, is the whole idea of like, oh, you need to hire a house cleaner so you can get more time back. Well, chances are you just need to stop scrolling on your phone and you could have some more time back. You know, there's a lot of time wasted before you're at the point where you need to spend a couple hundred dollars getting your house clean. Now, no shame in getting your house cleaned. You know, it's fabulous. <laughs> I love when my house is cleaned by someone else. But that's probably not the first expense that you need to offload. Yeah. Yeah. You, we really need to include God in these decisions so oh, that absolutely. we're not, we're not making them just because of what all these other people are mm-hmm. saying. We're not um, making them because of our, like you're saying, I'm scrolling. I'd rather sit and play a game or, or go through Instagram all day long and not get my work done. So I love that. It's like really be intentional. Mm-hmm. about what it's time to offload and whatnot. One of the things that I've been doing is sharing five tools that I like that can help people. And my statement is always find a tool that can do something better than you can. Mm-hmm. And all the tools that I've shared so far are free. So if I can find something that can, like I'm using chat GP a lot, GPT. Yeah. I can't say all the letters all the time (laughs) with um, my client today. We did 20 social media posts in five minutes Wow! because that, that tool does it better than I do. Mm -hmm. It actually does it better when I give it the right prompts. Yeah. (laughs) Of course, but I think that's just one tool that um, that we need to be doing, and I think that carries over with people also. Yeah, you know, do I? For instance, one of the reasons I 
uh, several reasons to want to interview you. One is because I love you and <laughs> I know you have so much to offer. Um, but the other reason is I don't want to be, be the only voice that my mm. listeners get. Yeah. And so I'm offloading that a little bit today to get <laughs> your insights. And so that brings a great segue to my next question. And that is how has your experience as a podcaster and interviewer influenced your coaching, your, maybe the style or approach you use? Well, that's a funny question because what's so interesting is I cannot tell you how many times people have introduced me to others and said, she has her own podcast and they see it like it's the biggest deal in the world, but like <laughs> not everybody could have a podcast if they really wanted to. I mean, newsflash, it takes like literally a button to hit record and you upload it to a host. I mean, yeah, is it good to have some like good skill sets? Of course. And are people going to continue listening if you're a good communicator and question asker and interviewer, all of that? Yes. But the thing it does as having your own podcast, it just elevates you to this like spot where people do introduce you as a podcaster or, oh, she has her own podcast. You should listen. Right. And for some reason, Again, I'm not quite sure because really, honestly, anyone can do it. It does put you on this little bit of a pedestal and people look at you as a thought leader and they're, you know, I don't know. It just starts the conversation. So that has been one piece. The other one is, is I've had a podcast. I believe this, my current podcast called Tina Talks. I believe this is my fifth one. The first one was awesome. The next three were fails. And then this one, uh, has been super, super fun because I named it Tina Talks because I can talk about whatever I want. But my first podcast was all about marketing. That's all we talked about. It was called Create Your Click, like C-L-I-Q-U-E. And it was mm. about how people created community. And so I would interview these, these people about this topic. So my point in telling you this is that the reason I created the podcast was so that I could choose who I had on the podcast as guests based on people that I wanted to have as clients. And so they got to experience me. I got to highlight them. And then my goal was to turn around and be able to manage their social media. And so we had a, like our game face on when we were promoting those podcast episodes, you know, over and over and over again for that person. So we would continue showing up in their world and it worked like it, it worked, it worked. And so that was such a blast. And I, I, I don't know what it was about it, but I had so much more bold confidence to like ask people to be on my show than I would have trying to just get on their calendar, right? And so I got to like seed the conversation a bit about what I did. They wanted to learn a little bit more about me, you know, in order. So that was my strategy for that podcast. My strategy wasn't to have, you know, sponsors or ads. It wasn't um, actually even to get new clients from the listeners. It was to add value to them. But I really wanted the guests to be my to be my clients. So I don't know. Now I just have fun with my podcast and you know get to put out content. And um, I really look at like one listener. Kind of. I don't know if you ever heard this advice on you know if you're writing a book, you know you're writing for an audience of one. Yeah. And I think about that with my podcast too. I literally hit record and I think of one person specifically that I know needs to hear that message, and I just I hit record and start talking. So wow, I love that. I love that. So last question, 
Mm-hmm. This has been gold. This is just, um, I just appreciate you so much. This is awesome. Um, what do you think are some of the most important skills, qualities, and mindsets for success for, for my clients, Christian life coaches yeah. or other Christian coaches? Mm-hmm. Well, number one is having your priorities in order. And so I, from experience, when I told you I learned a lot of stuff, it wasn't necessarily lessons that I learned about business. It was lessons I learned about myself. And during the process of having these multiple businesses, but really truly letting my identity be wrapped around uh, being a business owner, that's my priorities were business, 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 a little bit of my kids, my hubby. And then my faith fell there, um, usually last. And then maybe some friends, <laughs> maybe some friends filtered through the whole thing. Right. And that was such a big reality check for me that if God wasn't first and my husband wasn't second, and my kids weren't third. And then my businesses, God wasn't going to bless it. And it was going to feel hard, uh, really hard. And so tools and skill sets and all of those things, like toss those out, you know, the side, if your priorities aren't, aren't in alignment. And if they aren't in alignment, you'll see uh, burnout. Uh, you'll see businesses failing. You'll see expenses, you know, shifting the priorities of where you're spending are changing. And so that I would say that one is, is really big. You don't lose yourself then. Uh, if you have those, you know, priorities, because when people are like, oh, I lost, I'm losing myself, you know, I'm not da da da. It's like, well, yeah, because it's all wrapped up into like one area of your life. It's so easy to do. I'm because I'm such a serial entrepreneur and I love business. I have two of them. It's so easy for me to like, just, oh, I could just run down to my computer a little bit more. I could, oh, I'm just doing something on my phone. And now not saying I'm perfect at it at all, but I have set some priorities in place. And some of those things are just being and some of you may relate. Some of you may be like, this girl is crazy and that's okay. I have to put my kids and my husband on my calendar. And so every single month, my kids get a date a month. They get two hours, just them solo time. They get to choose what we do. And it's two hours because you can't do anything too crazy spending wise in two hours. So we're not like, I don't know, going to like, um, you know, big, huge water park or something like that, but they get two hours and you cannot even imagine. I'm sure you can Sherry, but they like literally plan this out. The minute we're at the one date, they're planning the next month of what we're going to do, where we're going to go, all of the things. Um, And then priority of my husband. I mean, our goal is to have at least one date, whether it be a hike or a um, or an actual, like go out to dinner and have some, you know, cocktails or whatever it is, but it has to be a focus again, or the businesses, they don't go. So that was, that'd be my biggie. That's huge. That's huge. And I think that that fits in too with identity mm-hmm. because you know who you are. Yeah. You yeah. know who, you know, who God has made you to be. Mm-hmm. You know that he's called you to what you're doing for this time and this season. Yeah. And that's the priority is being you and enveloping your family within that. I love that. Yeah. 
Yeah. And okay. So from a technical side, if I didn't answer it, like all fluffy about my family, I would say your numbers, (laughs) you've got to have some way to track your numbers and Mm -hmm. tracking every single day. Now that might seem like super monotonous and super crazy, but if for, for example, today, if I didn't have any sales, I'd have to write a big old goose egg on my paper, on my spreadsheet or whatnot. And when you have to still, if you have to write zeros every single day for like a week, kind of kicks you in the butt a little bit to be oh. like, Ooh, it's been a lot of days since I wrote down a number. And, and you start thinking about those goals a little bit differently. Cause it's so easy for you. If you're like, you know what, by the end of the year, I'd like to reach whatever revenue. That's great because it's so far out there that we like really think like, we just think we can do so much in that amount of time but we don't actually figure out what to do each day to get to that goal. And so every single day I write down my sales and like, for example, today I brought in a new coaching client. I brought a new person into my group coaching program and I brought on a new customer within doTERRA. I did all three of those things. Well, yesterday I did zero things. It was actually really motivating to make sure I did some follow-up today and made sure I had some social media out there and conversations started because it was a zero yesterday, right? So that piece of it, uh, that's more consistency and a little bit of discipline is just writing it down. I don't care if it's on a piece of paper in your planner or on a spreadsheet or whatnot, but just like write down every single day, you know, what your sales were. Oh, and what you did to get them, right? So yeah, absolutely. You could, I mean, so you can look back on it. I think that'd be a great idea. I don't do that, but that's a great idea. (laughs) Well, this has been a delight, the highlight of my week so far. And um, okay. I, I want to know where people can find you and find out more about you. Yeah. Well, my favorite spot is Instagram. I love Instagram. It's actually where we were chatting back. That's and right. Um, I love Instagram because I'm super active there. I honestly really never miss a message. I'm in my direct messages all the time, um, always. And then also I'm the only Tina Pettis in the world, which is really fun to say. And it's spelled T-E-N-A. There might be a Tina with an I out there, but that's like, she's fake, I guess. And so uh, <laughs> tinapettis.com. And you can, I I literally grab up every single, single social media channel as it comes out, even if I'm not going to use it because I can get my name. So you can find <laughs> me anywhere at Tina Pettis on literally every social media channel. I love that. If you want a response, Instagram. <laughs> There you go. Well, thank you. Thank you so much. And um, yeah, this has been fun. I appreciate you. Yeah, so much fun. Thank you. Well, that was so fun. Tina gave us some pure gold nuggets. So I want you to ask yourself, what are three things I learned? And what are three things I'm going to implement in the next week? Share those with me. I'd love to see your next steps. Now, if you'd like to chat with me and put some of the puzzle pieces together, go over to my schedule and pick a time that works best for you. Just go to sherrytoledo.com forward slash chat. Also, if you're not a member of the Christian Life Coaches Called Higher Facebook group, join us. Lots going on, lots of support for you as you build and scale your life coaching business. Well, Until next time, keep shining your light and transforming lives.